We learned this week of a nice, easy setup for this week's monologue, which is always a relief. Honestly, the hours we can spend trying to assemble that first tentative snowball of news, which can be rolled down the mountain of whimsy to gather steadily into a veritable avalanche of satire. Assiduous listeners, like we have any other kind, etc., to these weekly assessments of any increase in the general wisdom, will recall that we closed out last week by learning that Vietnam's anxiety about the territorial claims asserted by China vis-à-vis the South China Sea had resulted in the banishment from Vietnamese cinemas of the irksome-seeming new film Barbie. What? Oh, I don't know what he's talking about. Really? I must have missed that one. What's that about again? Someone wasn't listening. Take their names. Briefly, there was a thing with a map. And we learned this week that there was more where this came from. Playing behind us are K-pop sensations Blackpink, who we learned have also come close to being whisked from Vietnamese entertainment listings, and once again, it is not, as might have been hoped, because they are dreadful and or irritating, but because of a thing with a map. We learned that the website of the show's promoter had a map on it, and you can probably guess the rest, except that we learned that, because tweaking a website is easier than reshooting an entire film, in this instance peace has been forged, and as we go to air, Blackpink's two shows in the Vietnamese capital later this month are on, and it won't be the first time Blackpink and Hanoi have featured in the same sentence. Does that work? Hanoi, come on, as in a near homonym for annoy. You think it's easy, you come up here and do it. Hanoi, annoy, worked on that all morning. Was that for them or me? Anyway. We learned that the cause of environmental protection had acquired a perhaps unlikely but nonetheless welcome ally in the form of North Korea, which, it turns out, and contrary to an amount of previous form, is massively against releasing nuclear wastewater into Asia's oceans, at least as long as Japan is doing it. We learned this from Pyongyang's response to Japan's IAEA-sanctioned plans to dump an amount of properly treated wastewater. We promise this bit picks up speed shortly. Come on. Just get on with it. For we learned that North Korea's displeasure was voiced by its hitherto not generally overworked Land and Environment Protection Department. In the vituperative phraseology with which the North Korean regime prefers to address the world, which will now be read by Monocle's winning friends and influencing people desk chief, Fernando Augusto Pacheco. The just international community must not sit and watch the evil, anti-humanitarian and belligerent action by the corrupt force that is trying to disrupt humanity's home of the blue planet and must unite to thoroughly stop and destroy them. And if that sort of smooth talking doesn't win Japan round, hard to know what will. Can I get some general muttered agreement? We learned also that one should simply never use emojis. 
To be clear, we choose to infer and inculcate this lesson not to reinforce any prejudice to the effect that these infantile hieroglyphs have no place in the written discourse of any adult human, though we are of course hoping that this is the teaching absorbed, but because we learned that the glib deployment of emojis can cost money. While we learned, and considerably to our disappointment, that this is not because some forward-thinking jurisdiction is imposing fines for the use of emojis by anybody over the age of nine, we learned that a court in Canada had relieved one woebegone agronomist of $82,000 over a ruling that his use of a thumbs-up emoji in response to a solicitation for 86 tonnes of his finest flax was a legally binding contract. So in more ways than one, the hapless farmer now has less bread. Is that anything? Oh, no. And we learned that not absolutely everybody thinks that Tesla CEO and guy at the party who wants to tell you who the real criminals are, Elon Musk, is making a total dog's breakfast of overseeing online dingbat rodeo Twitter. We learned that as Facebook parent company Meta launched a rival social media Yahoo Coliseum called Threads, Musk had received an enthusiastic endorsement of his product. We learned that in the view of this zealous subscriber to everything for which Elon Musk stands, Twitter doesn't have an intolerant policy. Like Meta, this doughty Musk fan further enthused about Twitter's privileging of free speech. We learned, however, that featuring these encomia in Twitter's advertising would be a bold move even by Musk's standards, coming as they did from Anas Haqqani, philosopher at large for the Taliban, an organisation not usually associated with tolerance and free speech, in much the same way that the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals tends to take a standoffish view of bullfighting and badger baiting. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller.